0: Welcome, everybody, to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode three of our fantasy podcast. I am Alex Uy, and I'm here today with Ray Estrada. How are you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, you, <laughs> that sounds good. Um, we keep it brief with the uh, with the intros here. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We'll start out by answering a couple questions we got. Uh, I'd like to remind you that we want to get all your questions so you can send us your fantasy baseball questions at BeatTheShiftBP on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. We'll, we'll read them. We'll see them. And uh, you can also check out the fantasy page at BeatTheShiftBaseball.com for everything, fantasy and otherwise. You can check out our main show from earlier this week where we had a guest on to talk about the launch angle revolution. It was a really good conversation. So go check that one out after this if you want and yeah so we'll start with the q and a segment in which we only got two questions this week but hopefully we'll get more in the future and then we'll go on and talk about all the other news and injuries and some other some other fun stuff like that so first off we got a question from reddit from el santiago who asks who should i start tonight between moncada kinsler and brantley so obviously this question was asked earlier <laughs> and all the games are actually going right now so we can't give you advice for today sorry about that but we can talk about all these players because they each have a very unique you know thing going on for them a couple of them just coming back from injury and Moncada off to a really bad start so uh starting with Ian Kinsler, he is back in the lineup for the Angels started the year in the DL but he did hit a homer in his first at bat back with the club or his first Angels at bat in the Yeah, that that was his first at-bat, so he... No, he played one game. Did he? Yeah, he played opening day. All right, never mind then. He went like one for four. Did he play opening day? I thought he started the year on the deal. Okay. Well, in his first at-bat back with the Angels, he (laughs) hit a leadoff homer. So Ian Kinsler is obviously really good. He had a very down year last year with a very down ball club. And everybody that I've seen talk about Kinsler expects him to bounce back. Uh, more or less to numbers that he's put up before, you know, double-digit homers and steals, and then you know, batting average that will not hurt you. So somewhere, you know, in the 270-280 range at worst. Um, but you know, things can be bad. You know, he he already was on the DL once. Uh, I think with all three of these guys, there's there's different concerns. Uh, let's compare him to Brantley first, who is also very, you know, a very injury-riddled player who also has been on the DL already early in the season here um do you like Brantley more than Kinsler you know similar profiles a little bit of power a little bit of speed um which one of these guys do you like better going forward
1: I like Kinsler going forward just because I've been burned by Brantley too many times going going on the DL Mm -hmm. um so yeah like I said they're very similar guys in terms of numbers and their attributes so I I like Kinsler over Brantley
0: yeah, and I think the the lineup position for Kinsler is really nice too. Hitting leadoff yeah. for the Angels in front of the MVP, so, like, no. <laughs> uh, so that's that's always a good thing. And
1: uh, there's a lot of big bats behind Kinsler, and if he gets on enough, he'll, he'll certainly score a lot of runs.
0: Yeah, I mean Brantley is in a very good lineup also. And not, yeah. not so far this season, but it is a good lineup. Don't don't worry about that. Um, today they destroy the Tigers as most would expect. And, uh, yeah, Brantley's been back for a couple days now, and he's looked okay, you know. He's, he's, for the most part, pretty good when he's on the field. I uh, was hitting in the four spot today, so that's a good sign. And, you know, while he's on the field, I more or less know what to expect from him. It's just a matter of how many games you're going to get out of him. Um, I'm with you, though. Kinsler over Brantley by just a little bit. And then Yomukata is a completely different story. Uh, again, sorry we couldn't give specific advice about the matchups with, um, you know, in time for um, the specific question. But we'll go ahead and talk about Moncada anyway. He's off to a really bad start. He's hitting 200, which you know isn't awful. Batting averages, whatever. Uh, 21 strikeouts in 53 plate appearances is pretty awful. Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat that one. And also hasn't attempted a stolen base yet. So you know that's one of the biggest. Uh, features of Moncada's game and we haven't seen any of that we didn't really see it last year either do you think people are going to start viewing Moncada differently as a guy who won't really run uh, because he hasn't really so far in the big leagues uh
1: I mean I think certainly the guy is not going to run I think people are more worried if is he a guy who's not going to hit very well consistently because mm-hmm. I mean for for me using the eye test I've seen a couple times and his strikeouts don't even look good. Like <laughs> he looks, he looks a little bit lost up there.
0: Do people yeah. have good-looking strikeouts? It's hard. It's a hard one I, to answer. <laughs> I, I,
1: I mean, you can, some strikeouts are worse than others. I would say. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, twenty-one strikeouts and fifty-three plate appearances. I, you can't spin that. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> I mean, the two hundred average is encouraging because there are plenty of good players who are below 200 just because it's batting
0: average doesn't matter it could could become 400 if he has like a four or five day like that's how early it is it doesn't matter yeah don't don't look at your player's batting average and be like oh man do i have to trade this guy now um look more at you know the peripheral numbers and how he looks at the plate if you have a chance to watch games Uh, you know ray obviously said that he's watched moncada does not look good the uh the 21 strikeouts are expected from from what we've seen and I'm going to say that I don't really like Yohan Moncada. I didn't like him too much going into the year also. I think a lot of people thought he would break out. Um, but this is a guy who only attempted five stolen bases last year in a you know significant like 54 games up with the White Sox last year. And this is a guy in the minors who is really highly touted for his, his speed, among other things, a you know, five-tool type of player. Um, and obviously right now, Hit Tool is not there you know, the power is not really there, <laughs> that, that part, you know, could come, but, you know, when you're not using your speed at all, from a fantasy perspective, it looks really bad, and I don't know if he's just gonna start going on a rampage where he just starts stealing all the time, this is zero stolen base attempts in 11 games, so that's something to keep an eye on, you know, um, at least the, the attempts to steal are very important.
1: Yeah. Uh, just for reference, how many times has, has he been on base? Do you have that in front of
0: you? How many times has he been on base? Um, yeah. Let's see, 321 on base percentage. So, you know, not an extremely high rate, but I'm sure Billy Hamilton has, has tried to steal a base. Uh, oh, I, Billy Hamilton has stolen bases, yes. <laughs> yes. Has he stolen? Like, how many? How is Billy Hamilton doing? He's I at four he already. Two. He's at he four. Two, or okay. He has four already? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah he's at four he's this a free agent so in one of my leagues i don't know why um well because he can't hit a lick like it's you know if you think moncada is bad hamilton is worse but <laughs> that's
1: at least Hamilton's stealing bases when he gets it's on a different conversation
0: yeah i mean tim anderson right now with six stolen bases on the same team as yoan moncada is you know one of the most valuable players in fantasy baseball because of a pretty hot start he had a, a multi-homer game earlier this year too that helped but the stolen bases, man, that really is going to drive it. So I don't think it's an issue of the White Sox not wanting Moncada to run because obviously Tim Anderson is running. They have a lot of other fast guys that I'm sure will provide stolen bases. Um, this is just, it's a matter of it's it, just matter. It's just him not running. Yeah, it's it's a weird case. Sometimes it is the team that's that's holding the player up, but not in this case. So, yeah, I mean that if that kind of answers the question between Moncada, Kinsler, and Brantley. It's kind of Kinsler and Brantley way ahead of Moncada. I don't. I'm gonna have to see a lot for, for me to change my mind about what Moncada is able to offer. We're very low on him. Is, is the yeah is the point. Uh, so the other question that we got is from Salusa Secundas, <laughs> who asked, looking to buy low on Cespedes. Uh, am I looking to buy low on Cespedes? I don't know. Why don't we Why don't we discuss this? Because uh he's
1: not up the... to a hot start
0: but I'm mean, no it's it's a really bad start it's yeah it's just as bad as stanton's start but a lot more under the radar because he's not yeah. on a new team I'll,
1: his team is also 10 and 1 yeah, um i i mean i say yeah you buy low on the he hasn't shown anything he said really outside of injuries that um he's that he you would be scared of at this point mm-hmm. uh he batted 292 last year, had 17 home runs in 81 games, um, had a 352 on base, 892 OPS. So he, he's still performing when he's on the field. So, like I said, don't be scared off by slow starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if people are trying to sell Suspidus low, then go out and buy him low.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we, we were talking about how, you know, players can look awful in in the case of Moncada, you know, we're like 21 strikeouts in, you know, 50 50 or so plate appearances does not look good. Well, Cespedes has 20 strikeouts, so we're not viewing him any different because we know what he can do. You know, the numbers will balance out. We haven't seen that with Moncada quite yet. And, you know, Cespedes is really frustrating because whenever he's on the field, he's clearly an elite talent. He can produce so much in you know the few number of games that he's going to be on the field but you know you cannot pencil him in for more than you know last year played in 81 games that was a really bad year for injuries with him um i think like the most games he's played was he basically played a full season in 2015 um and then you know since then it's, it's not looked good for him so you should consider that as well you know, off to a bad start, you know, you can trade for him, know that the numbers you're going to get going forward are going to be pretty, you know, elite power numbers at the very least. And then you just kind of cross your fingers and hope he can stay on the field for at least like 120, 130 games for you because I don't think it's going to be many more than that. So, yeah, Cespedes, you should definitely be buying low. You know, if same kind of thing for Stanton. You know, obviously nobody's going to be selling Stanton off. Uh, because of what he did last year, but Cespedes is pretty similar, I would say. stand the light. So, let's go ahead and move on from there. Thanks again for the questions. We'd love to answer more of them. That's the most fun part about this. Um, we'll go ahead and talk about some of the news from the last week, and we'll start with the, uh, the more entertaining from a non-fantasy angle stuff here. The MLB Fight Club is back in play. We had a double feature on Wednesday, I think it was, where the Rockies and Padres got into a brawl and the Red Sox and Yankees decided to, res- to pick things up again and get into a brawl of their own. So, of course, suspensions are the biggest thing to look for for your fantasy teams. Joe Kelly is getting six games. Tyler Austin is getting five games. Whatever. Nobody owns these players, really. If you do, then, you know, <laughs> they're the numbers for you. But, you know, Nolan Arenado was hit by Luis Perdomo in the Rockies-Padres game. And Arenado kind of lost it. You know, he, something snapped in him. He was not happy. He chased after Perdomo. Gloves were thrown. Uh, there was not, you know, <laughs> there wasn't any injuries that occurred from it. But uh, definitely going to be some suspensions handed out. I don't know why they haven't been announced yet while they did ha- hand out the suspensions already for the Yankees and the Red Sox so and maybe because the Yankees
1: Red Sox are playing again tonight as we speak whereas uh, that's, the probably and Rockies aren't. that's probably why aren't that's
0: probably yeah so yeah it's a good point there expect Arenado to miss a few games um you know it's kind of it's kind of weird to think that Arenado just because of the likely suspension is going to play in less games than he has like each of the last what two years he's basically played the entire (laughs) season so you know little things like that it's gonna hurt you in a head-to-head matchup depending on when he decides to serve it um just keep your eyes open I i imagine he would appeal it at the start of things anyway but you know you never know so we will keep you posted on the suspension front all right let's get to player that everybody in the world is talking about and he's really one of the only people i want to talk about too but you know plenty of i I, there's plenty to listen to regarding shohei otani so you know we don't have too much to add i I would think but you know fantasy baseball is blessed with a player of his unique skill set and we are still figuring out how to utilize him how to roster him Uh, efficiently because he does only have DH eligibility on top of his pitching so um, we had talked before I believe about how you use him in the lineup when he's DHing if you have uh, you know a a full-time DH of course like Nelson Cruz and Henley Ramirez obviously but also if you have you know like a really good first baseman or you know an extra position player that you have to play in your utility spot depending on how big your roster is do you play Otani over them? And I think the consensus is that you don't really want to play Otani all the time over, you know, other major league fantasy relevant hitters because, you know, he's is what he's doing is really impressive, but I don't think he's going to put up better numbers than a guy like Logan Morrison, let's say, or you know, Yonder Alonso. Uh, if you have like an extra first baseman lurking at the end there. Um, that's something to keep in mind, too. I don't think Otani's going to steal a lot of bases, even though he's really fast. The Angels, I've, I'm sure, have told him, do not try to steal bases out there because we need you to pitch every week. That is where we need you the most. And, yeah, I, I can't see a lot of, of all-around value from the offensive side of things. Um, that being said, let's talk about his trade value right now because, obviously, the hype is greater than ever. Maybe it was the greatest... A few days ago after his uh, perfect game bid and the three consecutive days with home runs but if you have shohi otani what tell me what range of player you're looking to target if you know you're looking to trade him or if somebody's um, offering you trades
1: i think you're looking for you can definitely ask for a decent piece i'm not sure exactly what that piece would be uh not no, not exclusively upper tier. I think that's a little too high right now. But maybe around one, if it starts twenty, does good. You can try and ask for a little bit more. But um, mm-hmm. I think you could definitely try and sell high in Otani because basically, you sell high in Otani, you get a really you get a really good piece back. If he's really if he has an awesome year um, at the plate and on the mound or on the mound, um, then okay. But you still get a great piece in return. And if not, then you won that trade uh, pretty clearly. So mm-hmm. I, I think you you need to capitalize on the hype surrounding Shohei Otani
0: yeah but that being said I'm really buying what he's done so far especially from the pitching side I didn't really touch on that when I was going off about how to use him uh, in your in your hitting side of the lineup but with Otani that is legit stuff that's 99 miles an hour average fastball velocity with a nasty splitter this is you know a much better version of you know, Masahiro Tanaka. And, you know, what we've seen is really encouraging so far. And even though it has been just against the A's. So I would say treat him, you know, basically like a, you know, a top 10 fringe type of pitcher. You know, I would not trade Shohei Otani for Carlos Carrasco or Jacob deGrom right now, even though those are Pitchers that I would say are of equal value just from the pitching side of things. So, you know, if somebody, for reference, somebody in a fantasy league that I play in offered Shohei Otani for Corey Kluber and that trade was going to be accepted, and it was declined because, you know, the person believed so much in Otani. It was. You know, it was kind of a weird situation, where um, Kluber for Otani was rejected because they believed in Otani that much. I would certainly take Corey Kluber any day, if uh, if that were the case. But um, yeah, you can you can push the envelope right now. This is the time to do it. Uh, I don't think there is an offer that you can make if you own Shohei Otani that would be an insulting offer because you know you really there's such a wide range of uh, perceptions on him, you know, across across the sport. Um, so, you know, that being said, he's really good. He's pitching against the Royals this Sunday at Kansas City, very pitcher-friendly ballpark, uh, and even more pitcher-friendly lineup that he's facing. Uh, <laughs> so, if he gets Mike Moustakis to ground out a couple times, then he is probably going to no-hit them. In all honesty, <laughs> like that is the state of the Royals right now. So. Um, Yeah, Otani hype for the time being is as high as ever. And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Um, Speaking of hype, these two were probably um, parallels in terms of hype in spring training anyway. And it is almost time. Ronald Acuna Day is this Friday. It's the day this podcast is going up. So you should expect him to be called up. If he does not get called up tomorrow or Saturday at the earliest um, at the earliest point in time that the Braves can without losing that extra year of team control then that's news that is concerning because from every indication the Braves want Acuna to be on their big league roster um, the, of course he absolutely destroyed, destroyed spring training which means nothing but he is very obviously major league ready uh, you know just looking at the skill set and Preston Tucker off to a good start He will not be getting a lot of playing time once Acuna is up. So if the Braves, for some foolish reason, decide to wait a little bit longer, want him to get more minor league at-bats, yada yada, um, don't be concerned. It has nothing to do with... Acuna did nothing wrong. It would be a very foolish thing for the Braves not to bring him up as early as possible. So keep that in mind. Happy Acuna Day, everybody. All right. We will move on to some injuries, some less hype news. This is the opposite of hype. What's the? Is there a word for the opposite of hype? Um, buzzkill. All right. This is the buzzkill news. Time for the injury update. We will start with a pair of shortstops who are really, really good in a in a player pool with very few really good shortstops. Uh, Elvis Andrus was hit uh, by a pitch on the elbow in. A game on Wednesday, and he will be missing six to eight weeks with an elbow injury. It did not look good, so you know obviously you got to stash him. He was the most valuable player in standard ESPN leagues last year uh, among shortstops. That is, and you know he nothing indicated that he was going to do anything differently this year. You know, I maybe he wouldn't hit twenty home runs again, but everything else is completely legit. Ellis uh hurry back. And similar deal with Bogarts, except not nearly as severe an injury. Uh, Xander Bogarts, kind of, he broke his ankle very minorly and will only miss about two weeks with no surgery. So that is a good sign, but also, you know, it can kind of throw a wrench into things when, especially a player like Xander Bogarts, who had it kind of down your last year, was off to a really good start. Uh, the Red Sox were off to a really good start, you know, overall, just beating up the entire state of Florida uh, in the first week and a half of the season. And hopefully that momentum isn't slowed down that Bogarts had been picking up there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of kind of blow through these, uh, Ray, so there's <laughs> not too much analysis to be given on players not doing anything for a certain amount of time. Um, I guess, you know, we can talk very briefly too about some replacement options at shortstop Uh, like i mentioned though it's such a shallow position uh, it's going to be hard to find a shortstop to to come in and um you know really fill that void Uh, jerks and profar will be taking over in texas it seems and brock holt has been filling in at shortstop that's the all that's all-star brock holt to to everybody out there (laughs) by the way i sorry I, i gotta put some respect on that name yeah (laughs) but <laughs> And and just as a general
1: sense of replacement to say in your fantasy team, uh, if nobody's, nobody in your league has heard that Estribo Cabrera is off to a really good start, go out and get him. He's also eligible for second base and third base, so uh, Estribo Cabrera can certainly um, be a nice stopgap. And then if he keeps hitting, then you kind of have a dilemma in your hands. But, uh, yeah, so I like Estribo Cabrera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully nobody in your league has heard that he's off to a good start.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a really good... Fill an option, especially and is you know kind of fringe, just regular ownable utility type of player. Anyway, um, I've mentioned uh, catel Marte multiple times, uh, even on this podcast, and um, huh. I'm still I'm still on it. There are jets flying overhead that are you know really indicating approval for catel Marte right now, so that is a good sign. Uh, you know, he hits pretty high in the lineup with the Diamondbacks against left-handed pitchers especially. So, you know, that's a good lineup still, even with the Humidor. I haven't heard a lot of chatter about the Humidor recently.
1: And I, I, I haven't either. They're not hitting as many home runs right now, but I don't think that's affecting Well, that has their... to do
0: with Paul Goldschmidt getting off to a very slow start too, too and Jake Lamb being on the DL. There's lots of other factors there. Yeah, so, yeah, um, I
1: haven't heard much in terms of the Humidor affecting too much because they're, they're still yeah. producing.
0: Yeah, not nothing to worry about there. Um, so those were just a couple of fill-in options. I mean, Chris Owings is swinging a hot bat. I mean, if you just really want to chase those those hot April starts, then sure, why not? I don't expect much from him. Uh, so Nick, a lot Nick of for, Nick
1: Ahmed for the Diamondbacks. So yeah, same to, thing.
0: Like nobody's to gonna their their own rates are gonna plummet. You know, at the end of April when they come back to Earth and. Go back to hitting two twenty with no power. So yeah, but these are the guys that you, that you want. They're hot now. Well, Stop gap until you'd think you'd Nick, think that, maybe not Andrews, but like. But you know, when has Nick Ahmed ever done anything even remotely like this? His hot streak could be over for all you know. You're chasing numbers that aren't going to be there again. That's kind of how I see it. Um, so if you want to catch these hot streaks with players like Nick Ahmed, do a, do it early. Do it like right as soon as he has, you know. A, a day where he looks really good at the plate and he looks like he's seen the ball well then hopefully you, you catch it at the right time but it's such a risky thing to do I, I wouldn't do it um, so yeah you know there's a few options there um, and we'll continue on we're, there's more injuries there's lots of injuries that have happened uh, those were just the short stops the notable short stops so just in today's game Hanley Ramirez was hit on the wrist uh, in the first inning so he left the game do not know anything more than that right now but he was off to a really good start that's really disappointing even though he only had dh eligibility to start the year he was very close to earning first base eligibility and he's been he's been ranking I'm, I'm i would say batting average except it doesn't matter at all let's just say it was really good but the most encouraging thing in my opinion was three stolen bases which is a you know something he hasn't done in a little while but clearly the attempt to uh, seal some bags is there the intent to so that's always a promising way to add fantasy value uh, he was number five on espn's Player raider which is for their standard leagues so uh, just to put that into perspective he was hitting really well a few a couple homers as well uh do you like Hanley ramirez as a guy to stash you know this is really this could really change a lot depending on uh the severity of this injury uh, it could it could mean nothing if he's out, you know, two months. I don't think anybody can afford to stash Hanley Ramirez. But are you buying what he's doing so far, or do you think it's you know kind of a, a fluky hot start? Um, I'm I'm gonna hesitantly
1: buy on Hanley Ramirez because he's shown these kind of the ability to put up numbers outside of power in the past. But uh, I mean, three stolen bases is certainly encouraging. It's three more than Yoan, uh Yohan but. <laughs> um so yeah, if, if Hanley's not if Hanley say didn't didn't really injure didn't really get that injured after uh leaving the game today, I think um I I I think he's good to keep around.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, there's a lot of injured players right now, so it's hard to keep everybody on your deal rostered. So drop him if you need to. Not a big deal. Uh this one is a little bit of a bigger deal. Eugenio Suarez the Reds is out with a thumb injury for an undisclosed amount of time because that's the favorite timetable to give. Uh and that's the favorite one we like to hear as fantasy owners, anyway. So he is not going to be back in, you know, like a month. I would say he's out at least four to six weeks. It was, you know, a pretty decent thumb injury that is expected to keep him out for a while. But You know that's a huge bat that goes down in every case the one upside is that nick senzel the top prospect for the reds could be up sooner as a result of this Uh, he has been playing third base in minor league games even though he's um, reportedly trying to you know play some more middle infield to try to break in there at the big league level but it seems like the reds will take advantage and bring up senzel at earliest convenience at the hot corner so that's something you should jump on nixon zell is a really good hitter um really good hit tool i'm trying to think of who to compare it to i don't have a really good comparison off the top of my head i don't think it's going to be a ton of power but at the same time he's hitting in great american ballpark which is one of the best parks for right-handed power so you know it's it's really hard to say a direct comparison for him right now. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he comes up to the big leagues and just starts hitting right away because that's that's what he's known for. Um, that's something that's encouraging news from the injury segment. That's something that we don't get there very often. Uh, so back to yeah. the, back to Buzzkill news.
1: Uh, well, just, I just <laughs> kind of want to mention offhand, we're going to talk about guys who've had some uh, good performances in a little bit. But just in terms of third baseman, Colin Moran is hitting well to start the season. Uh nine eleven OPS, 425 on base um, for the former Astros prospect, now Pirates third baseman. So uh, if you're looking for a guy to replace Suarez, perhaps nobody
0: is realizing that Colin Moran is off to a good start. Hmm. I like that too, and I think he is not—has he earned third base eligibility yet? If he's not, he's about to, so— Uh, He has played 10 games so far. Oh, then he should have it right now. If it's exactly 10, then that was his 10th game. Yeah. He got it, so it's all good there. Um, Another thing that I sort of related, but Matt Carpenter is about to get third-base eligibility and might get second-base eligibility also in not too long. So that's pretty cool. He's back to being that that three-position eligibility player not off to a great start offensively he is walking you know he's he's a two true outcome player right now he's either striking out or walking so uh, he'll figure it out he's a good player but he will gain eligibility as well all right back to buzzkill news no more happiness uh david price is you know one of the guys that was off to a really good start no earned runs through his first two starts and against the yankees did not have a good first inning gave up four earned runs and exited after that with, I, I guess, what would be described as left-hand discomfort, which is his pitching hand, obviously. But he has been cleared since that start to make his next one on Monday, which is what he was scheduled for. So uh, what's your level of concern right now? Are you are you buying this? Yeah, he's he's more or less ready to go kind of approach, or do you think there's more going on here?
1: I, I got to think there's more going on because he has such, this last year with that, what he did with his elbow, they thought the reports were, oh, he's got a some sort of tear in the UCL. He's not, not going to do. He's not going to do Tommy John. And he sat out a lot of the year. And then you hear, I I think it was described as tingling in his left hand.
0: Yes, I, the I'm, specific sensation was tingling.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I said with a guy with his awkward kind of history with with his pitching arm, as good as he started, and know he he got cleared. But I'm not. I I'm. My concern level is pretty high right now.
0: Mm. Yeah, I am concerned, but not more concerned than I was to start the year, really. Um, He was kind of a very high upside pick, so hopefully he doesn't miss an extended period of time uh, at any point. But, you know, when he's on the field, normally pretty good when he's not ailed by tingliness in his hand. Uh, One more pitcher that I'll mention hit the DL. Johnny Cueto has joined the party in San Francisco, and they officially, the Giants are officially the first team to have zero pitchers, zero starting pitchers on their roster. So congratulations to the Giants. Um, actually, though, I can you name three Giant starters right now? Ty Black, Derek Collins, and Tyler Beatty. All right, you're pretty good at this. Um, you're an NL West guy, so I got to know my enemy. Why don't you go ahead and name all five then? If I don't right. know the
1: other, I don't know who the other two are. Well, gonna you got. Be. I know. I know.
0: <laughs> you don't, I know Chris Stratton who is you know he's oh, been that's there right, Chris Stratton. and yeah i don't know who the other and, guy's gonna be uh, bullpen day is i believe their other guy that's so, probably what
1: it's gonna be because i bd just
0: came up and the
1: Giants said about four yeah. pitchers before he came up i guess Quater that's notable
0: I guess it's notable tyler Beatty has been a prospect for a while and yeah he didn't have the best of debuts yeah. walked i think well, he's four kind four of guys. forced kind of forced into the big leagues a little bit yeah but um <laughs>
1: um Basically, for the Giants, if Ty Block is facing the Dodgers, stream that, because for some reason, Ty Block can shut down the Dodgers any day. But uh, yeah, the Giants have no pitchers.
0: Well, I mean, the Dodgers can't at lefties in general, so lefties, in th- but lefties against the Ty Dodgers not. for sure. Okay, sure. Fine. I'll give you that. So that's it for the injuries. That's most of you know the main news headlines that are going on. So we'll go ahead, and I will run through some of the top performances from the past week, and you will... Tell me yay or nay on all of these guys, basically. I mean, obviously, it's not that simple. These are some good players, but, you know, it's it's a spirit of the thing. <laughs> so first guy, Javier Baez, had, had four home runs in two games against the Pirates earlier this week. So are you buying Baez? All right i'm going to take dead silence as a no even though i'm pretty sure it's just because
1: not yet i was muted i apologize oh i'm taking it a <laughs> <to> no so <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm, I'm not yet sold i want to see more consistency because he has he's he came in with these flashy kind of uh streaks mm-hmm. but um and until he can really perform at yeah. a high level consistently uh, i'm not gonna be too i'm not gonna be that excited anymore by uh stretches like this
0: yeah i'm not going to assume a sudden uh grasp for plate discipline i'm going to assume 240 average but uh, 25 homers 20 steals that's really good for him so um continue on as is you know he just got a lot of it done in two games so gregory polanco off to an amazing start with the pirates uh two homer game in thursday's game yes in thursday's game and he is also leading the NL in RBI, which is, you know, a counting stat, but it counts for fantasy, and he's up to five homers. So, are we in on Gregory Polanco?
1: Um, I'm more in on Polanco than I am on Bias because Polanco's other kind of stats are lining up well to, I guess, his career norms. 385 on base, which is much higher than his career average, as well as a 714 slugging. So, um i he don't be surprised if he regresses a little bit but i'm more in on polanco than i am on bias mm-hmm.
0: i'm buying i'm buying a healthy polanco I, I i like what i see there uh all right moving on here matt chapman who we talked about in a previous podcast as well and he was described as a potential 50 homer candidate he's at 4 8 now and he's off to a great start uh he's number seven on espn's Player Raider. Are we buying Matt Chapman? I'm
1: I'm buying Matt Chapman. He looks he looks really good, um, and he's supposed to be really good. So I'm I'm buying Matt Chapman.
0: I would say I'm buying two. Uh, I am buying too. i i am in a league where uh, an A's fan owns Matt Chapman. I'm not buying in that case because I'm sure the expectation is that he's the next Josh Donaldson. I don't know if I'm willing to go quite that far, so. Um, Overall, though, I'm buying as a guy who was not drafted. The Jets, in are, every the,
1: league, the Jets are again buying. The Matt Jets hat. of
0: approval. I I think that is what that means. So, so go out and get
1: Katal Marte and go out go out and get Matt Chapman.
0: Yeah. So if there's more Jets before the show ends, then you know we'll know. Uh, any Jets for Andrew McCutcheon, who had a very very nice uh, <laughs> I will say six for seven walk off <laughs> homer, four mm-hmm. RBI. Mm-hmm combo meal type of day where he stole a base and hit a homer so you know as a Dodgers fan I know you're not liking McCutcheon a lot right now but as a fantasy owner how are you liking him
1: I, I'm liking McCutcheon I I mean he's been relatively solid throughout his career even when he had down ears they weren't mm-hmm. that bad and um he's he's in a more more of a pitchers or pitchers park with still big gaps but uh I I, I like McCutcheon he's he's gonna He's gonna hit what he's gonna hit, and mm-hmm. it's not gonna be terrible.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't like him more than Blanco, but I do like McCutcheon because people kind of dismissed him last year, and he had a really good second half of the year. So take that for whatever it's worth. Uh, <laughs> let's get to pitchers because hitters are boring. I'm just kidding. I love hitters. Um, Aaron Sanchez, who threw a no hitter through seven innings, had a final line of eight innings pitched, one earned run, four strikeouts into five walks against the Orioles. So very bittersweet type of outing for Sanchez. Overall looked really good. So there's nothing to complain about there. Five walks is you know, a bit steep, but that's that's numbers you'll take at Camden Yards any any day. So you buy in Aaron Sanchez as a top thirty I, I'm, pitcher? I, I'm
1: buying I'm really buying Aaron Sanchez. I five walks is not ideal, but I mean He kind of, like I said, he almost fell down into a kind of, like, under the radar category because he missed so much last year with a blister and then wasn't that good in the few starts that he did have. But uh, he's a good pitcher. He was Mm -hmm. was a guy that a lot of people picked to win the Cy Young last year after his 2015, uh, or his 2016 uh, campaign.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. mm, It's so hard to say because starting pitchers from like the 15 to 30 range are so volatile anyway it's not like it used to be so sure why not aaron sanchez can go fit right in there um next pitcher is homer bailey another no hit bid type of guy through five innings though and it was against the phillies but he did strike out seven and not walk a batter only gave up one earned through six so homer bailey ah, uh, do you like him <laughs> um i mean i'm gonna take it as a no if, if it's if it's i i mean then nah that's it's a no-go i that's kind of you know the, the trend with homer bailey he'll go out and have these really great flashes and then we'll just get ignited for niner runs his next start and he will face yeah. teams that are not the phillies also so and he is a he will be pitching a lot in great american ballpark yeah i don't like homer bailey that much um, unfortunately <laughs> he does have
1: two career no hitters doesn't he or at least one so
0: yeah just random homer bailey no hitters are just part of baseball at this point so it's half expected uh, he almost had it he, he got five ninths of the way there against the phillies so one more pitcher we'll talk about who is a relief pitcher adam Ottavino, who i don't know if you've noticed he has an in eight innings pitched struck out 16 batters only walked one only given up one hit, given up zero earned runs, and already has racked up two wins and two holds. So not too shabby from him. Um, I mean, the one walk is really concerning, though, right? With for for Adovino. is that the concern there? I mean, there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe the maybe they're just like him. He walked 39 guys last year, but
0: one walk. I mean, it's it's a uh, all right, if we can move on from the, the the joking bit about the one walk that we've seen. So, um, yeah. Um, but if he's gonna keep
1: striking out guys like that, I like him just for, just for the K value. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: and if look, he's probably gonna be their fireman, so he might not be in the line for that many holds necessarily. Uh, considering uh, Jake McGee is also there, so probably he's gonna go Jake McGee to Wade Davis eighth and ninth. Not if not
0: if Aravino maintains an 18 K per nine so you're right yes. um, um yeah adam out of who would have thunk it the guy with the wicked slider that is what he's known for uh, had a kind of rough year last year but this year is also been throwing a ton more i believe sinkers so <clears> he's now a he's still pretty much a two-pitch pitcher from um i believe i read it on Fangraphs. so not Credit yeah. to my own diligent for, research. For,
1: for what it's worth, in 2016, he he uh, pitched in 34 games, uh, went seven for 12 in save opportunities, um, but only had seven walks through the 27 innings that he pitched, um, and a 2.67 ERA. Pitched a lot more last year, didn't have uh, didn't have a very good year at all. Um, but two years ago, he was a very solid pitcher in albeit a limited uh, spot.
0: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> there's he makes his way you know, onto the nastiest pitch gifts a lot with that slider so you know um looking at his pitch type percentages here um it seems seems like he's ramped up on what they're calling a cutter more although i'm not exactly sure that's what it is uh but his fastball usage is down like 12 percent slider usage is up because it's so good but Um, He definitely is looking like a more complete relief pitcher, which is something you don't really say very often. So we like Adam Ottavino. He's not a closer, but we like him. All right, that is all the time we have for this podcast today. We'll be back next week uh, as we normally are. So send us those questions again at BeatTheShiftBP on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram. That's where you can find us. Connect with us there. And you should also check out BeatTheShiftBaseball.com for all our content. Check out the Fantasy page if you are, you know, really into Fantasy Baseball. We do some... We do things there. And... um, We do stuff. We do stuff. Sometimes. So, (laughs) yeah. That's what I have to say. Um, (laughs) There's also... Was there anything else? I'm rambling now. But, um, yeah, if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and rate, comment, subscribe, and... Make sure you listen to that other one, the main podcast from this week. Cause it was really good. Just um, listening in to my podcast video. all the time, all the time. But this one in particular was good. We had a very compelling guest. So we had a very insightful conversation about hitting. It was so. We'll go. We'll go ahead and stop bragging about ourselves now and let you go. So thanks again, <laughs> everybody. As always, peace.